You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. time here and we are back with another episode of the cinnamon and sugar podcast Ooh, fellas 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 the panthers are going to the super bowl are you willing to bet on that again because you, you know you you and d both still owe me 20 bucks for last year uh, i don't i don't gamble i don't know what you're talking about gear mm-hmm. i'll take my 40 at some point we can double or nothing it First of all, I, I don't gamble. Who is this who is this guy that is responding in the place of D'Angelo? Because the D'Angelo I know has a very nice beard that is covering his face. I don't know who this imposter is that is a clean shaven face. What what <laughs> I, is going on over there? When we get into what we did this weekend, <laughs> I, I will tell you why the beard came off. Uh, it may not make sense, but then again, it may make sense. I don't know. <laughs> My money is going to be on it. Don't make sense. I don't know about you, Gary. But <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be just like you know the Panthers trading for uh, Baker Mayfield. Just hey. doesn't make sense. Well, you know what the thing about that is, uh, we got him for a fifth round conditional pick, and they are paying the majority of his salary. Uh, I, I will say one hundred percent, it was a good trade. And that aspect for what they had to give up. Right. Do I think he's still a a legit quarterback? No. But for what they gave up, they won that trade. Well, Gary, do you do you, I mean you played football? Do you have any uh any friends that might have played with Baker Mayfield or? Um, just one, but he I haven't really asked him about that stuff because I don't really care. Yeah. So I don't I haven't really asked him um, about all I, of it, but. Oh. Are we diving into that right now? Or are we gonna go to what we did this week? We're weekend? gonna get to you. Calm down. We'll get to you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'm. I because I, if we are gonna dive into it, I want to dive into. Yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna dive into it real quick. He brought it up, so might as well we'll go back to it. Okay. All right. I I don't. I I've heard a lot of Panther fans. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Before time, I know you scour the Meshers boards and you read everything Carolina Panthers related. Uh. Is Panther Nation happy about this trade? Ah, uh, from from, from the, what you've seen. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's uh, kind of you know generally a well, you know what, for what we paid for him, uh, <laughs> well, you know if it fails, oh well, we weren't going to be in any better position. And then you know it's not because you know obviously nobody in Panther Nation that I'm aware of was sold on uh, Sam Darnold. Everybody <laughs> was home. Everybody was after the first three games. No, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I'm saying after last season total. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, just moving forward, it's just like, hey, it cost us very little. And if he can come in and do anything, then I think that the Panthers fans will be happy because, you know, obviously we are – we have a lot of weapons. We just need a quarterback uh, that can do it. And maybe that'll be Darnold this year with another year under his belt. Maybe it's Baker. Uh, maybe it's uh, Corral, the, the kid we drafted. Who knows? You know, but competition is a good thing. Competition always helps bring out the best in people. I'm interested to hear what D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, former, and then I got some follow-ups. Former uh, all-pro all running back for the Panthers. Come on, tell us about it. What do you well, think? 
Well, well, it has nothing to do with with me being all pro or anything like that. I'm just I I thought Baker Mayfield was a good quarterback when he left college, and he was on his way out, and he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Now, during his time in Cleveland, he's had some phenomenal weapons, and he's still under delivered from a standpoint of yeah, he got him to the playoffs, and I'm saying he got him to the playoffs because if you're gonna give the quarterback the the heat of Hey, if if you're gonna give them the heat of losing games, you got to give them the heat of winning games. So he took them to the playoffs uh, a couple of times, but I think he still underdelivered on the potential that he had with the team that he had. Now you look at Sam Darnold. Uh, nobody expect much out of him, and you don't get much out of him. Like he, it's so bad that even when you don't expect nothing out of Sam Darnold, he still's underdeliver. So. You took him out of a Jets offense that uh, that was subpar. They didn't have anybody to block for him uh, up front and, and create, you know, throwing lanes where he can step back there and comfortably throw. He goes to the Carolina Panthers and not, not, much, change, not much has changed. It's going to be the same way this year. It doesn't matter if it's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has less weapons now uh, being in Carolina than he did in Cleveland. So you're telling me a guy that under-delivered – with all those weapons, they're gonna to go to another team with less weapons and take them to the Super Bowl. I'm trying to make sure we whoa, we are on the whoa. same page. Here. This is what whoa. you're saying. This say is what less, this is what you're telling. Less me. weapons. McCaffrey yes. is one of the number one weapons in all of football. Well, see, this is what this is what you don't understand. This is what you don't understand. And I have been trying to get people to understand this as a running back, as dynamic as Christian McCaffrey is. He still needs those guys up front to block for him. And he still needs some type of system to open holes for him, whether it be short passing game, whether it be, okay, let's throw it over their heads uh, a couple of times and get all these guys out of the box. Because I put Christian, DJ Moore ahead of OBJ at this point in their careers. Okay. Uh, however you want to call it, there, there's still no Jarvis Landry on that team. Well, there's, still, I mean, there's, there's still no Kareem Hunt. And Nick Chubb's on that team. Man, this Christian is what you just listen. Listen to what I'm what I'm about to say. If you look at that Cleveland Browns offense, they had three, four, five. Their whole entire line, they blocked, they opened holes, they did things that was necessary for them to make it to where they made it to in the playoffs and such. Right now, you're going to a Carolina Panther team that doesn't have that same blocking ability. However, you just said Christian McCaffrey is a game changer. You're absolutely right. But how long do those game changers last until they can't go anymore because that offensive line up front is not opening those holes for them? So that same uh, that same thing that you say is like a profit or that same thing that you say is like an asset and Christian McCaffrey, he's also your liability too because once he go down, who do you got? Who do you got there, big guy? That's all I'm saying. Chuba Hubbard is a... Uh... A solid backup. Well, you know, I, I know there's another running back that still lives in Charlotte for now. He might be moving to Jacksonville area soon, but uh, for now he lives in Charlotte. We could call him back in. He got some tread on them tires. I don't think he does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just only speaking facts, and I didn't even get to the defense. I just talked offense. So, I didn't even get to the defense. Let, let me break it down. So, but but here's 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 the best part about it though, Gary, and then I'm gonna let you go. Mm-hmm. The only reason why all the Panther fans are excited 
about this pickup of Baker Mayfield, not because of his athletic ability, not because of his, his throwing ability, not because of his inabilities or his abilities or whatever. They are happy that we got Baker Mayfield or Carolina Panthers got Baker Mayfield because all they had to give up was a fifth-round pick. You damn right. I would take Baker Mayfield with a fifth-round pick, and that's going to be sexy as hell because I got a I got a chance to look at a quarterback who I think has the potential to be good. Not great, not okay, but good. Good enough to get us to the playoffs. We're not trying to win a playoff game. We could be the Dallas Cowboys. Just get us there because our <laughs> fan base just want us to get to the playoffs. <laughs> All right, my turn. So Yes, I agree. Everybody's excited because they only got a fifth. They only had to give up a fifth round pick. But if you want to look at the two players, they were the same player last year. Uh, in fourteen games, Baker threw for three thousand yards, seventeen touchdowns, three TDs, sixty percent completion percentage, with a much better O line and a better defense than what Carolina has. Then. Sam Darnold played 12 games, threw for 2,500 yards, nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a 71% completion percentage with less talent, less O-line. So they're basically the, – they had the same stats for the most part last year. They were the same player. So you're basically – you traded – you got a great deal in the aspect, but who do you think is going to start? And who do you think Panther Nation wants them to start? Because – they're, if you go by last season, yeah, they showed flashes. Baker showed flashes in his career. So Sam Darnold showed flashes in the first three games. Everybody was high. Uh, one of our hosts on here was super excited about Sam Darnold after the first three games, praising him like nobody's end, and then just disappeared and was ready for Cam Newton to step back in, and we saw how that went. <laughs> and so, we'll never tell y'all which host. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never mention Time's name or anything. We'll never like that, mention but, Time's name. But uh, so, so who do you think Panther Nation's going to want at quarterback to start? Because they're the same style of quarterback, same type. Like and like you said, Carolina has much bigger issues with the O line too. They need obviously they addressed it a little bit, but they still got they got better. They've addressed it a little bit, but we don't know. Yeah, they had. By paper, it got better. We don't know yet. And you you keep mentioning Christian McCaffrey. In two years, he's played a total of 11 games. So he's got to stay healthy. If he's not healthy, you got nothing again. You're, yeah, right. Shubba Hubbard's a decent backup, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Right, right. You so, notice when I said the Cleveland Browns, I said Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Correct. I didn't, I didn't say – you said Christian McCaffrey – and then you said, you said who wasn't no, wasn't no. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. No, not Chuba Hubbard. I'm talking about the wide receiver, DJ Moore. You say he's DJ no. Moore. Yeah, you said he's no. But now when you talk about that Cleveland Browns offense, we're talking about OBJ. We're talking about Jarvis Landry. We're talking about. Uh, you're you're uh, talking about the, what, arguably the best O-line in the NFL. We, we ain't even got there. We ain't even yeah. got there yet. But he's telling me right now. And, and, and this is no disrespect to the Carolina Panther fans out there at all what all i'm saying is is you have to look at things objectively like okay i'm looking at the cleveland browns we, their makeup is their all- fandom doesn't do anything yeah. objectively yeah if you're a fan yeah, of a right. team you can't objectively 
judge your team and judge the moves right, they make right, right. because you're because blinded. We have somebody again. We have a somebody who's blinded by fandom of who right. said Cam Newton was the answer last year, and we saw that whole experiment. Yeah. So this is the problem that I have with just fans, just in general, Gary. And and I I don't mean the bird walk here. And this is this has always been on my mind. But this is a great time to have this conversation. Because time when Sam Donald, everybody was beating Sam Donald up before the season started. Hey, you know, he's not a good quarterback, including myself, including you, Gary. And then he he rolled off three great, unbelievable, incredible games. And everybody wanted to point the finger. See, I told you you was wrong. I see. I told you it was wrong. There's 16 games in the season, 17 now. But there's 16 games in the season because he did. Okay. It's three. It's a long season, but but, the, but those same fans were happy when Cam Newton got signed back, and he was going to start right away too. Like, right. well, that was more because Cam's the goat. You know what I'm saying? Is he though? How yeah. Do he... Oh man, hey, but you're still excited about Superman. That's you know that's our boy. So, you, you, so, you should be excited about winning. Right, well, yeah, right, we were hoping right. it would lead to some wins, and you know, he came in, got us a win, and then uh, it was a but, little bit. But with that being said, <laughs> Sam Darnold did something that we we're not accustomed to seeing Sam Darnold do and that's win and play well in three straight games it had you going crazy time and everybody else in fact it was going so well that I had a lot of people hit me up on my 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 social media pages telling me what an idiot I was for saying that he wasn't a good quarterback and that you know his times from New York was gonna follow him to Carolina like I got a really I, I got it, I, in fact, Tom, I think you even gave me a little hell about it. But then, oh, my, the next 13 games kicked in and the real Sam Darnold st- stood up and Slim Shady sat down. And you figured out real quick why we understood what y'all should have knew before the season started, that it was not the necessarily team, but it was Sam Darnold, man. It's the decision-making of the quarterback that either propels you to a win or propels you to a loss. So my question is, before we go to the weekend, uh, who starts for Carolina this year? Well, I'll say this. You kind of you asked me this earlier. Who do I think Panther Nation wants to start? If I had to guess, I would say Baker, only because people have seen the Sam Darnold train for 16 games. I honestly would be surprised if he's still. Games, but yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, for, we've seen last season. And so people probably aren't as excited. Um but I would honestly be surprised if uh, – I don't know. I hadn't even looked at what the contract details are, if it's even uh, feasible for us to trade them or get rid of them. But um, I'd be surprised if both of them are still on the roster when it's time. Uh, I think but, Sam Darnold starts and Baker Mayfield plays middle of the year. Well, I'm telling you right now, I, this is for the life of me. I don't understand why Carolina didn't take a quarterback in the draft. They did, Matt that, Corral, but they're not going to let him play. That 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 was almost ready to play to where – but then that's a tough situation to be in too because now <laughs> – this is what people don't understand. They need a little line help. It's, it's so funny to me. So you mean to tell me – so let's just say I go out and I get – who would you say was the best quarterback in this draft? Honestly, I don't even know who was drafted. Let's just say the best quarterback in this draft. You say, hey, 
I, I want to go out and I want to get him. You go out and you get that that quarterback. Guess what? Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are the guys who teach him. He's not going to get any better. He's not going to get any better. So it doesn't matter until you get somebody. That's not necessarily true, though. Because that is necessarily true. Because no, sometimes that the is best necessarily players, true. The best players are not necessarily the best coaches. Uh, you know, so what? Look at what's his name, McNow, McNow, or whatever that's been around for forever. People love to keep him in their quarterback rooms because he's a great quarterback. Uh, you know, guru. He's not a great quarterback. He's not ever taking anybody anywhere. But people would love having him around for their quarterback room. So just because you're not a great quarterback, I don't think that doesn't mean you can't pass on knowledge and abilities. Dude, you you didn't hear anything that I said, did you? You didn't hear anything (laughs) that I said. You do realize that Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield is this guy's uh, uh, senseis. These are the guys that's going to teach him. That's just like getting David Carr to be your like your quarterbacks coach. Well, what can he? I, I mean, I understand. You know, he has two Super Bowl wins. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. He's the mo- one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League, and he ran for his life, his entire career in the National Football League. What can he teach you other than getting your ass out of the pocket and throwing the ball down the field? Like, what what can he say to you? You tell me. What can he say to you? And I'm not talking about him talking to little kids. I'm talking about him talking to other professional but, NFL quarterbacks. What can he teach at, you other than getting your ass out of the pocket? When you look at quarterbacks that turn into coaches, who is it? It's always a backup quarterback or somebody that may have had an okay uh, tenure in the league. You don't ever see Joe Montana, Joe, John Elway. Uh, you know, you ain't see none of them boys turn into coaches, maybe because they ain't have to, uh, because they weren't set, whatever. But it's always the backup quarterbacks or like the quarterbacks who kind of had like a an okay tenure that turn around and become the coaches. So I don't think that just because they are not as good on the field means they cannot be good mentors for the game. Look, I, I I'm not saying I'm that, that I, I think you're I think you took what I said and you're arguing the wrong point. My my point was never if they can teach you anything, okay? My point is is that your the guys that they're looking up to is Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. I, 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 you you think they can get better than their, their what they've been taught? I'm I'm just you know if you you're getting coached by Aaron Ron Rodgers, you're getting coached by. Uh, but, uh, well, if Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers don't want to coach you, right? Tom Brady, what well, you greatness don't they don't? I mean, it's not That's their responsibility exactly to, to, to make you great. Well, though. Brett Favre didn't teach Aaron Rodgers at all, at right. all. That's what I'm saying. So it, I, you're arguing against yourself. So you don't necessarily need a great quarterback to be able to to thrive. You don't need a great quarterback ahead of you to teach you to thrive. You got to look at their. You got to look at the guys who taught them though in the room. Everyone that taught those guys invited those guys in and welcomed them with open arms. They didn't teach them how to throw a football. They didn't teach them the decision making. But they taught them like, hey, this is what it is to be a pro. Look, I you still not getting my damn point, bro. When you walk into this quarterback meeting room, your captains of that meeting room is 
Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, which in turn, both, if you look at them, haven't won or did anything. That's all I'm saying. They, 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 they're going to teach them everything that they know. Everything well, Baker, that they know that they're going to pass. Them. To be fair, Baker has had some deep runs in the playoffs. And he's been in the playoffs one time, and they beat the Steelers, who, if they would have actually win the rest of their starters, probably would have beat them in the regular season. Ain't no, ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. They bad. almost they, beat them with their backups. But they the did. Game. I, but I they know. Did. I, I'm just saying, like, they gave them opportunity, and then they got beat, and then got beat the next round. So, so with that being said, my question to you, Tom, is, is do you think Cam Newton will be a great quarterback coach in the National Football League? The thing, the thing about somebody like Cam Newton that I think makes it harder. Oh, oh, now, we, now, here we go. Here no, we go. No, no, it's no, just no. a damn question, Ty. It's just right. a question. Here but, we go. And I'm just answering it. So the thing about somebody like Cam Newton that I think makes it harder is he was so naturally gifted uh, as far as uh, his body size, his strength, his ability. And, you know, I don't know. He, he wasn't the best, like, technical thrower um, or any of that, you know, that's that's one that's why some of these backup quarterbacks are better coaches because and they were Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are well, no, I, well, not necessarily. I see, I don't see Baker as that, but I could see Sam Darnold being uh decent. Um, he just he just has had trouble with certain things, but I'm just saying, like, Cam I'm, just, I'm just curious, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm I ain't even gonna look it up because I don't think I need to. How many winning seasons? have Sam Darnold had since he's been in the National Football League. <laughs> I'm just curious because, I mean, you're talking to, like, this guy's like like he's an exceptional quarterback or he's good or – I didn't say that. He's been on the radar. You're really, you tell me how many winning seasons Sam Darnold has had in the National Football League. I don't give a damn what he did in college. I don't give a damn what he did in high school. We want to know what he did in the National Football League because now this is the guy – that's sitting in your locker room with a C on his chest, and he's the one that's leading your team. But you're telling me that this quarterback is one of the quarterbacks that's going to teach your new quarterbacks something that he didn't know? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, right. I'm, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I, and like I said, I think that uh, there can be stuff that you teach others, even though you might not be, have been able to do yourself. Um, which you might have that ability. You might have that knowledge, but you don't have the skills to go out there and do it yourself. But you can still impart, like, you know, um, Michael Jordan never became a basketball coach. I don't know if LeBron would be a basketball coach or not, but it's like all the – it's just you look at any sport across the world, like basketball, rarely basketball – you know, for basketball players, it's usually point guards because, what, they have to use their minds uh, – and a lot of times, and they're the reason that you know they're the ones that know how to structure the offense because they've ran the offense. Blah blah. blah. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. Yes, you have a lot of quarterbacks to become coaches. Are all of them people that used to be really good coaches or really good quarterbacks? No, I mean they were. They could have been decent in the league. You don't have to be great yourself to be a great coach. Is all I'm getting at. And I agree with you 100. percent You don't have to be great to be a great coach. However, you got to have some level of success in that area to be a good coach. I would consider Do I need to say that again? Do I I need to say that again? I would consider being drafted number one. I would consider making it to the playoffs. All those are successes when it it comes to being a, a quarterback. Does winning seasons count? 
I mean, that's that's helpful. But you know, there's lots that goes into a winning season. <laughs> How many lots- winning seasons do you need to be considered a competent quarterback? Yes. It, it depends on what your situation was. No, this is just a general general question. Well, I don't know because I don't think that you can. If, if you're drafted on number one, you're expected to turn the team around. That's why they drafted you number one. So, yeah. I mean, right? But 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 you guys know more than anything. One player cannot change a franchise that Peyton Manning. Okay, and how many years did it take him to turn it around? Three. Right. Okay, that's plenty. Yeah, that's and how many how many winning seasons did he have? Probably sixteen. Well, yes, because the the franchise came along. Every because he was good. Had. Because he did it. It well, wasn't yeah. the franchise. He well, made no, players around him he better. Makes, he made does make people better, but you know he was one of the most intercepted quarterbacks ever to start his, his rookie year. Correct. Right. I agree with that. Well, yeah, you have to agree with it because it's facts. <laughs> no, I'm saying I agree. But again, people he still was people were questioning him at that point, and then the next year. He did better in the third season. They had a winning year. But see, this is what I don't understand, though. This is what I don't understand and what really bothers me about this entire conversation, Tom. And I, I you going to have to correct me because I'm, I'm – it's really – Because we know you're going to be wrong. Well, yeah, I could be wrong. <laughs> but when I, when I brought up Cam Newton's name as a quarterback coach, you said everybody was different because most of his was physical. He had some physical talents or however you want to categorize yeah, Cam Newton. Good. But at the end of the day, he's still a quarterback. So based off what you said, right, and he's a quarterback that has more wins than Sam Darnold, but yet you're taking up for Sam Darnold no wins and saying that he can still be a positive or he can still be a coach to a player. But then when I give you that about Cam Newton, you're like, ah. Well, I'm saying I think. think How how is it different when they're quarterback? I didn't say Cam couldn't be, and I didn't say Sam Darnold couldn't You never, the way that you asked question it sound like you wasn't on you wasn't on board no, i was just saying i think it could be harder for somebody like cam to be a good coach because of his abilities and what he's able to do sometimes it's harder for you to like like when michael jordan tried to come back and be an owner slash player slash coach it, michael jordan can't understand why other people can't play at his level you know what i'm saying and so for sometimes for players like that it's harder for you to to identify uh where to make a player better as a coach because you didn't have that problem and you know it's just it's just what it is and so cam had all these natural abilities and skill sets that might make it harder for him to relate to somebody that's just a pure thrower not athletic um whereas you know somebody like sam Darnold, he's gonna have a hard time relating to somebody that's athletic so it just depends on what kind of quarterback you get that comes in that room and whether or not you're gonna be able to get across but i just the natural abilities, I feel like, always are what makes it difficult for people like that to become coaches. I just want so, to know so, so, how so many Lamar winning Jackson, seasons. Oh. How many winning seasons contribute you to be a good quarterback? That's all I want to know. Well, we we do know that you can still be a good quarterback and have zero wins based off of times. No, I uh, just this is a legit question you, though. Like, I mean, you can still you be a good th- quarterback and same, not have a winning season. Same with you, D. What do you think the criteria is? How many winning seasons do you need to have to be considered a good quarterback? Because all the okay. greats, nobody says they were good because they had less winning seasons. They all had winning seasons because they right. were good quarterbacks. So what? To me, having winning seasons, so, you're able to lead your team to winning seasons. So how many winning seasons do you need to be to have to contribute you to be a Good quarterback. So you, I, I got to throw some, some, some things in there so we could, because you could play sixteen seasons as a quarterback and have three winning seasons. And if you say three winning, then three within that sixteen career, 
it, they they meet their qualifications, but that's not a good look or percentage as it relates to how long you've been in just, the league. Just say just say nine seasons. Brand, okay. Brand number nine. What do you have to have in nine seasons of considered good? You gotta you gotta at least if it's have, more if it's ten or more, then how many? You gotta at least you gotta you gotta at least win sixty five percent of your games, man. Sixty five percent of your you gotta winning season. You gotta have sixty five percent of the seasons that you play gotta be winning seasons. I mean, I'm I'm not really sure how many Mahomes have. How many, you know, uh, I, I know for a fact that every season that Ben Roethlisberger played in, the, the worst record he ever had was 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, I do know that he he hadn't ever had a, a losing season, and I found that to be, you know, interesting. Now, if you look at these other quarterbacks, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not quite sure what they are, but I'm pretty sure their winning percentage in terms of going to the playoffs year in and year out is up there, high, high. But now if you look at Sam Darnold, he's not nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. You look at Baker Mayfield, you know, he may show up once or twice. Uh, again, I, I'm just telling you what you guys have over in Carolina is not going to be enough to sway the fan base. You need to fix that offensive line. I, I, I rarely ever uh, um, talk about a team and did not give you the answer to fix that team. The the it doesn't lie in the quarterback, it doesn't lie in the running back, it doesn't lie in the wide receivers. The problem that the Carolina Panthers have is in that offensive line and they have yet to spend enough money to sure up that problem. And until they do, it's going to get a, it's going to be a lot of guys every year that's banged up and nicked up because they're fighting five or six guys because those guys up front are not doing their job. That's just what it boils down to. And so, Carolina fans every year try to fix that leak in the boat with a Band-Aid and don't understand that that's not going to fix the leak. Like, hey, we need a new quarterback. We need a new quarterback. This one can't throw. It's hard as hell to throw a football when you're running for your damn life. If you get those guys up front to block for you, anybody can sit back there and throw a football for you. Teddy Bridgewater, anybody back there can throw a football for you. Uh, if, if until you fix that problem, go get you a mobile quarterback, and I think that's what they did when they went out and got Baker Mayfield with that fifth round pick. They was like, okay, well he can scramble a little bit, maybe he can fix our offensive line problems this year, and then we'll go in real heavy at the end of this year and just get rid of everybody, and then bring in a new quarterback. I'm guaranteeing you that's what Carolina's doing this year. Time. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I just – I stand by my, my statement that I think you can be a good coach without being a great player. I'm, talk, player. I'm just saying uh, to be considered a good quarterback, I, how many winning seasons do you have to have? To be considered like you, you're a good quarterback in the league? Yes, I think you have to have five winning seasons. Five? It depends on how many seasons you started to me. If nine or more. If you haven't played yeah, nine I'd say, or I'd say at least I'd five. say at least five. And if you're under that, I, I can't consider you a good quarterback. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, because Cam Newton had three winning seasons. Right. Out of how many years? And 12. Right. That was my whole point. That's why I was saying, like, if I played 12 years and I got I three, just wanted, that, I just wanted to catch that winning percentage is not, was that, 15%? It's not, a, it's not enough. It's not enough. That's well, not going to get me where I need to be when I sorry, need to be there. Sorry, 11 seasons. Sorry, 11 seasons. Oh, 11 seasons. Right. You, right. 
And I, one of those seasons, he only played two games, and then he got cut. Right. But but this but this is what you, you have. Got, to, you can't this is also what. But you he have was zero and two that season. But his winning percentage is above five hundred. Gary, this is also what you have to understand. You do realize that's because that, of that one year. That this <laughs> is this 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 guy that we're talking about, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, no disrespect to him as a person. Love him as a human and things like that. But as it relates to his job and how he played football, I love that too. However, it. I, I'm really perplexed when people say, hey, he's the GOAT. And I'm just like, hold up, man. What do you mean the GOAT? Because if we think of quarterbacks, I'm telling you right now, man, standing back there, getting handoffs from Jake DeLone and watching him play and be the quarterback that he was, hell, in my opinion, he was the GOAT. Hell, he made it to the Super Bowl. So did Cam Newton, too, right? Who threw more touchdowns? Who was more got impactful MB- on that team? MVP? Cam Newton. Right. Right. That That's – Everything that you're saying, you're absolutely right. For a season, for a season, how how many seasons do you have to stack together before you're good? Everybody want to compare Cam Newton and certain players to the best season of their lives, and they've only had that one. J.J. Watt, for instance. J.J. had three of the best seasons that you can ever have from any player on defense. I'm 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 leaving Aaron Donald out of this because he's in his own stratosphere. I'm just talking about as it relates to humans. Aaron Donald's not human. He's an alien. So we're talking about those that are mortals, okay? Uh, had the best season, three seasons back to back to back that you can ever have. He could have a 17-year career, and people will still say that J.J. Watt is a Hall of Famer because he had three great seasons. I don't understand what the criteria is in order for you to be a great player because I thought you were supposed to be consistently good to be great, and I don't think that that fits the mold to some players. Cam Newton does not fit that mold. Sam, Sam Darnold does not fit that mold. Uh, Baker Mayfield does not fit that mold. Just look at the win percentages. That's all I'm saying. I'm just looking at history. You can get mad at me all you want to. You can say I'm a hater. This is ill will, however you want to say it. I'm just stating the facts. Yeah, well, I I just, I, you know, I don't think that, I think it's all relative, too, because, you know, somebody like Cam who comes along takes a team, a franchise who's still relatively very young. You know, we've uh, been to the Super Bowl only a few times. Um, and in that short career, he's one of the people that took us there, and he won MVP. So that's going to put you ahead uh, of, you know, other people that even, you know, that that that, that shakes the curve of greatness in seven uh, seasons, Jake at home had just as many winning seasons as Cam did in his career. Okay, but how many MVPs? seven with Carolina? How many MVPs did he have? None. That's you got to take that into account. You can't just not count that. See, I, I, I think MVPs, I don't think you have to count that. Uh, and in general, I don't think that in any, I think that in every sport. When we when we have the argument about Jordan stuff, you don't want to talk about Jordan's MVPs. I saw like I don't I don't think you you can't pick and choose. I don't count oh, it. No, I talk about talk Jordan's basketball. MVPs. I talk about Jordan's MVPs because you know I, I do agree that there's a certain level of hey, well, some so and so could have won the MVP because you know that's part of the argument with LeBron. There's been plenty of MVPs that he yeah, could have won. You can same say thing the same thing in football too. Right, right. But, what but I'm that's why is, I don't. That's why I don't tie in the MVP because. But I don't think there was any question that season that Cam Newton was the most valuable player on the best franchise. 
Um, they had a chance of going, you know, uh, undefeated there for a second. Um, and, you know, just fell short in the Super Bowl. It's, uh, it's, it's still a historic season that you can't take away from him. And, and even though he didn't continue that success, I think the fact that you were able to do that, um, you know, is going to live with Panther Nation forever. So we will forever love somebody like Cam Newton. But that section of the podcast lasted way longer than what I expected. Yes. So, you know, we did a reverse to D'Angelo. We we hijacked the beginning of the podcast before he could get to what he wanted well, to talk hold on. to. Just to clarify before, <laughs> there's – I would say there's two other players you could say that could have got the MVP over Cam that year. Looking at – it was so up for that look, year was Cam look, Newton. I, I don't even, no, no, I don't no, even no, want to no. get into it. No, no, no. no, no. I, got, don't I, got even get it I have to. Don't even get in there because no. you're going to go defense and they don't want to hear no, that. No, no, I'm not going defense. They, okay. What people don't understand. Cam Newton, okay. Tom Brady, Carson Palmer, and Russell Wilson were the four up for the MVP. Cam Newton okay. threw for the least amount of yards, and he only had 70 yards more rushing than Russell Wilson. How many wins did the Seahawks have that year? Uh, probably four. 13, 14, they were, probably, they were in the playoffs. Mm. How many rushing touchdowns was it? But see, I, see I, again, that's inflated. I, I don't count rushing touchdowns as a quarter. What? It, it was a one, it's a goal line. All you have to do is jump over. Oh, that's come what on, all can't. the touchdowns are. Like that, You can't just not count it, though. Yeah. Tom right. Brady had three. Like, you want to count that? Yeah, you got to. Tom Brady had three. He threw for a thousand more you yards, and he not, had two, another t- more, one more pass. So, so this that. is this is this is our, this no, is so our I'm last saying, question. That's why I let's don't just, MVP. Let's just wrap this conversation up, Gary, for real. And I and I and I want to wrap it up oh, by this way. And you have to throw something out there, and none answer doesn't work. Cam Newton plays on what team this year? None. What you got, Tom? Yeah, I don't think he starts on any team. And no, I said no. Does any team pick him up? Like, what team picks him up? I think if somebody gets injured and somebody needs quarterback, he'll get brought in. I just don't see it. You know, I don't think he gets brought in either way. I think he showed last year he's not. He can't do it. Well, I know you don't want to admit it, but that's that's my quarterback. What did you do this weekend? Nothing. What'd you do? Go ahead. So I, you see that the beard is no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a hundred mile bike ride uh, and I wanted to make sure that I was arrow enough to finish said bike ride uh, at arrow? the pace that we were going to go at. Yeah. I was just doing it for aerodynamic purposes Okay, uh, using all your terms, arrow enough. Yeah. <laughs> D, question for you. Since you're the biker, do you watch the Tour de France? I do not watch the Tour. I am not a bike a biker like that. I love the activity, but I don't watch the sport. I'm one of those Could guys. You, do you, have you seen anything about what they do, what their speed is, anything? I, I have. I have. What was their speed? I saw one this weekend that was outrageous. they normally average like some crazy like 27 28 miles an hour it there was depends. there was a guy going 41 miles an hour yeah they they roll bro yeah they, and they were going up 24 degree incline this is the problem that i have i and and i i i want to have this conversation with y'all because i did hear something that came out of the tour i i, I wanted to talk about that and there's another thing that popped up doing what 
during this weekend for me. So the first thing is this. During the tour, there was a guy on his bike. You know, they, they always have interactions with fans. Sometimes they make contact with fans while they're on these bikes because they jump out in front in the street and stuff like that. Well, this particular time, it was a cyclist that broke his neck. And there was a fan that he bumped into that aided in breaking his neck. Who's responsible for that? Is it the fans' problem? Is it the the people that put the event on because they're supposed to protect uh, their the people that are competing from the fans? Or is it kind of one of those things where you're just like, damn, you know, that's just an awful accident that happened. We got to limit those. We got to find a way to, you know, button these things up. Like, that's a no harm, no foul, but we got to fix it. This but, may be an unpopular opinion. It's both the fan and the organization. What? Yep. So, so well, you mean if, if, you in a, if you allow me in an area and tell me, like, hey, don't go over there, there's a strong possibility that I may end up there. If, so if, you, you're if you don't want me enough, there, there's barriers if, that need if, to go if up. If you were dumb enough to walk in the middle of the road when you know there's bikers, that's literally what they're doing. You're there to watch a bike race, and you go on the road, and you hit them, you should be held liable if they get hurt, and it should also be on the company or whoever's running the organization. They're also liable because they, they're, nobody should be that close. I know it's a, everybody wants to see what's going on, but if that's the case, you keep them all back. I think both of them should be held liable because you have to set an example to because even if a com- if the sh- company puts barriers up, people are still going to jump in and do what they want to do. So you have to make an example of that person. He just broke somebody's neck. Like they definitely yeah, one thousand should, should be liable. Fan, there was a fan last year or the year before with a sign that that took out a hold the whole peloton. Yeah, and they should be sign. held liable. I know she ran. She got arrested. Right. She ended up getting arrested. I saw that. Right. But I but there's things like that. But if there's no barriers up and you're telling me to contain myself, there's alcohol, there's all type of things that are that are involved in this. There's a reason why they have barriers up at concerts. I they tell you to stay off the stage, but still yet have barriers up. Why problem, can't they not do the same thing at the tour? Because the problem is the tour is thousands of miles. They can't that, that, barrier. But that ain't got nothing thing. to do with me. Shit, they have them at golf tournaments. If you yeah, go to a golf, go to a, golf, a big golf tournament. They got, and, they and got everybody walled off. Nobody has access. Only got to it walled wood. off where they're hitting. They don't have it walled off in the right. middle of the fairway. It's only right, right where they're hitting. But all you I'm saying is, if you look, whatever sport you look at, there's a barrier between you and that sport. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's tennis, there's always a barrier between you and the fans. However, when you get to cycling. When you get to even NASCAR, they got barriers in between. Granted, we could tell because they go at extreme but amounts no, of speed and people can no, get hurt. In, in, in there's biking. no barriers in that. In, well, in, in, biker, in, in the tour, though, they're going. there's no other event that goes thousands of miles. They don't go hundreds of miles in a day in any other event besides the tour. You can't block off a hundred and something miles that they're going to travel in one day. Like, it's just not, that's not possible to do. So there's always going to, that's, I think it should be on both. I think you should have, you should be able to put like a rope up, but people are going to go over it, but Hey, that's your barrier as an organization, but it should also be held on the person that ran in the middle of the road and got hit. They should 100% should be sued, whatever that person, if that person died, they caused that. 
it's on that person too. I don't think the organization Tour de, the Tour de France is the only sporting event that goes on for hundreds of miles. You can't expect them to set barriers down everywhere because the bikers are are past that barrier in what twenty seconds and then it's gone. Now they have to right. go pick that barrier up. It's just that's not feasible. I, that, look, I, that ain't got nothing to do with me. If you want to make this sport safe and you want to sanction it and you want to play these cyclists all these thousands of dollars, protect them. Keep the guys or the fans off. That's the, why you that's why you hold the person that ran out in front liable and you make everybody make an example so everybody knows if you walk in the street, here's what happens. You're gonna get paid all this money, you're reliable. And then that's gonna stop it. I, I think they should put barriers up. Every sport has barriers. I don't give a damn. Like they they have it. So if 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 there's barriers that need to be put up to make sure that these cyclists are safe while they're touring the France. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Then, then do it. I, I, I think it is possible. I just think that they don't want to go through that because that's more money out of their pockets. Every sport has a barrier between fans and the competitors except this. Man, you can look at the Olympics. When they run in these marathons, and they they got barriers up, Gary. There's they're on a track the when they run their marathon. They run around the, the circle the whole time. Bro, even when they run they, um, the uh, cross-country stuff. They do it on the track. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm 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 just letting you know that there's barriers in between the competitors and There's, there's not barriers the when they do the Ironman. Okay. All right. That that that's, <laughs> that goes back with cycling. That's what well, I'm saying. With cycling, swimming, and running, there's no barriers in any of them because they can't because they yeah, cover so but... much ground. Okay. All right. Time, you're not going to talk about this one? That's cool. Uh, <laughs> I just don't have anything to say. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think the organization has to be better. Um, obviously, the biggest majority of that falls on to the person um, that did it. Because, you know, as many barriers as you put in people's way, they can still find ways around it. Um, we've seen it happen. But, uh, you know, to have none is a different level of, you know, uh, negligence, I'd say. Well, if you you talk about barriers in other sports, football has barriers. People still streak. Baseball right. has barriers. People I, I still understand go. that. I, I, what I'm talking about is having little mishaps like we've had the last couple of years where it's been fans that have not been paying attention or accidentally stepping there like it fixed the accidents. Like you, granted, like you said, like there's still people to jump over barriers and run up there and they get dealt with. And and when they get dealt with, nobody ever have a problem with how they get dealt with. You see what I'm saying? But there's no barriers at all. You could seriously, honestly make a mistake. Hey, you running late one day uh, to go get groceries or go pick something up, not knowing that it's a whole tour coming through or them coming through this route or could be affecting your day. You get upset, you run a red light or something like that, and then boom, you No, hit. they have the red lights. And if they have like a crossing, they have that blocked off from cars. Okay. It's uh-huh. just it's just the areas that are like on a road that because they have the traffic stop on the other way. I, but they, I, they, I totally they just can't I, stop I, the fans. All I'm saying is they can stop the fans by putting barriers up. They know the route. They know the route. I don't know. I, I and don't, not I, only do you know the route, you know where all the fans are going to congregate at. So if you know where all the fans are going to congregate, oh, make a galley. Make well, a galley do, like they, they do, do in golf. The, the, make the, the an area where – huh? 
at the finish line, they have it blocked off because they know a lot of people could gather there. But you can't do it for 120 miles that they ride. All I'm saying, bro, is they can fix that problem by putting up a barrier. You sound like... You and know, all I'm with, saying is you're wrong. But I'm not, though. <laughs> Every sport has a barrier. I'm going to say nobody will agree with except, you on that one. Okay. All right. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That'll that'll fix the problem. Well, so I went on a 100-mile bike ride uh, this weekend. Uh, shaved the face. Had an awesome, had a great time on the bike ride, man. Rode from a friend's house uh, back to my house uh, and watched uh, uh, Thor, uh, the new Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. You guys seen the new Thor nope. yet? You gotta go. You we're allowed to have a week before you can spoil anything. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, saw Jurassic Park as well. Trash. Uh, I don't know if you guys see that. Uh, hold on. Trash. Hold on. So what? 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 We're not gonna do on this podcast, bro. Is we're not gonna disrespect a franchise that has been doing the same thing every. <laughs> Movie, you knew exactly what the hell you was going to watch. It's been the same movie the last six movies. So why do you go in expecting something different? See that this, that's what bothers me about people like about you, Tom. That's what you, pe- we, you didn't ask me what I thought was trash. So you might be arguing for something. I'm not. I'm not arguing. With it something. got it, nothing to do with the plot. It, it it has to have something to do with the plot because everything that you saw in this last Jurassic Park. You saw in the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, remakes that had nothing to do with it, the fifth one, the sixth one, the seventh one, the one that that Bollywood made, they all the same. What I did have a problem with was something I did see in the first one, and then that's the actors and actresses that they brought back to have feature roles in this one that were so terrible. It was cheesy because of the people that they brought back to be in this one for nostalgia – they just the, the acting was just not <laughs> not good. And so for me, I'm just sitting there thinking like I can't even take this movie serious. So first of all, you act like the acting in the first one was great. You do really. He was just too young. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. As a kid, what are I don't you know talking that. about? That's, that's Jurassic Park, bro. As a kid, I don't know. That is Jurassic that. Park. Kid, exactly. It's the same thing with everybody that's in love with Space Jam. It was trash. The acting was trash, but because we're kids, we don't remember it. That's why we trashed LeBron in his new movie because it was bad acting. Anyway, what I'm saying. Terrible (laughs) movie. No. no, I'm not letting you get that slide. So, so what what you don't understand, Tom, and I've been trying to get you to understand this for a long time. Space Jam is good, not because Space Jam was good and it was acting, because it was the first one of its kind. A basketball player that was actively playing basketball that was really good, best in the world at the time, transitioning over into acting with cartoons. First of his kind. First of his kind. So everybody was like, oh, wow, Saw. First of his kind. Concept was absolutely amazing. First of his kind. Jurassic Park. First of his kind. We didn't care about the acting. We was like, oh, shit, we get to see dinosaurs. They get to interact. Like, oh, we can't wait till they see they bite the heads off. Like, everything that we saw in those first movies of the ones that I just saw, uh, very similar to all Disney movies. The first one is great, and everything after that is a shit show. That's exactly what it was. Because once you understand the concepts and where they're going in the movie, you got to give us something different. And that different got to be just as good or better than the difference you saw, saw, showed us 
to lock us into the first movie. Okay, you got dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. That's what drew us to Jurassic Park. Nobody saw Jurassic Park to 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 critique the acting. What the hell wrong with you, Time? As a kid, you there's no way you was just like, oh, these are terrible actors. You was just like, ooh, I want to see how they interact with these dinosaurs. I want to see how they pull it off. And once we found out how they pulled it off, they haven't given us anything different. They've given us the same movie every time. They, they sold us the same movie for six, six, seven times. I don't know how many movies they've made, but they've sold us the same one each time. And each time, time, I'm pretty sure you come back and say that they trash after you come back from seeing them. No. But this oh. one was just exceptionally bad. Okay. All right. <laughs> but that's, that's just in my opinion. That's just in my opinion. But I don't know. I, 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 what, what did you think about um, the other movies you saw? Well, you can't talk about it. I haven't, we haven't seen it. Oh, the Thor? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Well. Yeah. I, I can't talk about that, but I do want to talk about this uh this this headline before we go because I know we're getting, right. close to, getting close to ending and, and and I don't I don't want to necessarily talk about uh I want to talk about the situation, not the ruling or anything like that, but I'm gonna tell you what happened. A pregnant woman in Texas was ticketed for an HOV violation when she claimed that her fetus should count as a passenger. Do you agree with her or do you disagree with her? Disagree. She was 34 weeks pregnant. Just want to make sure you know that. And I, I don't know if you guys, I'm going to bring you up to speed, but obviously from a federal level, you could, the Roe versus Wade was overturned. So now a fetus is considered a person. So you can't abort that. So I understand what she was saying in this HOV situation when she got pulled over by the cop. So again, Gary, I'm going to ask you now, with knowing all the full information about how we see fetuses and babies in this country, do you think she had a leg to stand on, or do you think this was just some, she was just trying to get out of a ticket? I disagree. Okay. Why you disagree? I, for one, I don't think HOV should just be two people in general. I think HOV should be for three or four. So I don't, I don't agree. And if you're pregnant, I'm not giving you that as two people. I'm sorry, you're it's one person and you're it's one person and that person in your body. That's 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 not two separate people. It's one person still until that person comes out. What you got, Tom? Yeah. So for me, um, oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for well, sure. Well, here's the difference between that count as person because the 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 seat occupancy, like that woman, only occupies one seat in that vehicle. Correct. Um. So, <laughs> and, you know, she's still, yes, she's still carrying two people, um, you know, in that one seat. But I, I just don't think, I think that, I think that's one situation where um, you can't get away with it. So, so I got a question. I don't actually know this. If you have a baby in the back seat, can you go in the HOV lane? I think you should be able to. Well, I'm asking, can you though? Can you leave? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, like is that counted or no? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I think it's two people. Like I, I don't know how the the law is stated in terms yeah. of occupancy and what what constitutes as being occupied. Whether you got occupied seat or not have a seat. I just wanted to. I thought it was very interesting, and I was like, kudos to her because it was just a big ruling that happened, 
and not a lot of people was on board with the Roe versus Wade being overturned. Um, there you go. I just Googled it. It says, yes, all states with HOV facilities count children and infants as passengers. Okay. Okay. But now... Still no, because it has sense, been born. Gary. It makes sense. If you just got a ruling... Yet. If you just got a ruling that the fetus is a person, then you shouldn't be able to say that you're ki- that, that's two people. Yeah, but you're in the same seat, so no. Can't do it. I'd say no. Okay. All right. That's all I got, Tom. I mean, if you got something, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think that- forever hold your peace, brother. Well, you know, I just I want to say this real quick before we get off. Uh, you know, we, we're in a little fantasy football league with uh gary and uh i got the second overall pick and just with i know he's drafting just this news with baker mayfield is going to make it really difficult not to pick him uh number two overall uh you know just because that's what he's got a lot of weapons around him and i could see him being the franchise quarterback and leading me to a fantasy championship um and I told him I'd give him forty dollars if he drafted him number two overall. He, well, I will update you. He will not do that. <laughs> That's forty dollars investment to wreck my team that early. <laughs> no, I'm good. But I will say this: it will be interesting to see um, if I take Christian McCaffrey or not number two. You will one hundred percent be drafting Christian McCaffrey number so, two. I'm calling it now. He's drafting Christian McCaffrey. He's not hurt in preseason. He will be drafting Christian McCaffrey number two overall. Okay, so before we leave, before we get off this podcast, it is, uh, just so everybody know, it's July 11th on a Monday, 2022. We're making our dark horse calls right now. Before any football is being played, what team do you think, based off of their draft and everything that they've done, you don't have to tell me why, just throw a name, uh, a team name out there without any explanation, and then we'll end this podcast. What team do you think is going to be better than they were last year and going to shock a lot of people and win a lot of football games and make the playoffs and be that dark horse? I'll, I'll go first. I'll kick it off. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I told you you don't have to put any context to it, but I'm going to put some context to it. Tua has been getting a lot of flack from – uh, all the Tali Kill coming out saying that, you know, he's just as accurate or better than Patrick Mahomes and everybody been giving him a hard time. I think that connection and what they're doing down in Miami with, you know, them not having a really good season last year, Tua going through those, you know, those aches and pains of being that rookie quarterback to now stepping up and like it being his team and it not being like, oh, we don't we don't really know if we should go with you or not. But I think the Miami Dolphins is going to be that team that make a lot of noise this year, especially with, you know, they said Mac Jones is getting better in New England, but they've Who? always. <laughs> but they. Mac uh, Jones. Yeah, I know. Um, but they said, you know, he's getting better. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess times. Time's going to say Carolina. No, no I'm going to say the Broncos. And I'm going the same division, the Chargers. All right. Well, well, well I, I think to be fair, I'm really the only one that picked a dark horse because they had a losing season last year. Both y'all's had winning seasons. That's that's a little. 
That's a little uh, that's a little messed up. Give me give all right. Do another one. Give me one that had a losing season last year, and I'll give you I'll give Those you the losing seasons. I'll tell you right now: the Jets, the Broncos, the Browns, the Ravens, uh, the Texans, and the Jaguars in the AFC. And then in the NFC, you have the Washington Commanders, the Giants, the Seahawks, the Bears, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Panthers. So who is your dark horse next year, Tom? Mine is the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Mine was the Broncos. What is yours, Gary? Oh, I, mine's the Chargers, but if I had to pick a losing record, the Ravens. The Ravens had a losing season last year? They were 8-9. and nine. Lord, were you not just paying attention? <laughs> what? Yep. You can't choose the Ravens as a dark eight, horse. 8-9. Oh, they well, were 8-9. Chargers. Chargers were 9-8. Chargers were 9-8. You ain't so I went with the Broncos went seven and ten, and they actually have a quarterback now. Like that's not really that big of a dark horse. So you said they didn't have a quarterback. You said I was gonna say that the Jets last year. Are you talking about Teddy Bridgewater? It's hey, not a good quarterback. Hurt. Hey, Gary, I didn't play the whole year. Listen, I was going back and forth between the Jets and the Broncos. I could really see the Jets being good this year. No. Okay, that's how we're going to end the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> Tom has lost his damn mind. Bro, out of, out of all the teams that need help and have the most work and as far from the playoffs as possible is the New York no, football the Texans. No, Texans are worse. Close. What? It's, Texans are worse. What? Have you looked at the Jets' offense recently? The Texans are worse. Okay. See, the, the Jets have an offense, big dog. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. That's what Sam Darnold said, too. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate y'all tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We will be back next week. Maybe some of I might not be here. You know, I like to take a couple weeks off in between podcasts. But we will be back next week with another episode. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the